Hey, it's Chris, the Supply Chain Doctor, and host of Supply Chain is Boring. This is part one of a two-part interview I did with David Cox in 2019. In today's episode, I'm with David Cox, president of RCOP, winner of the 2019 Atlanta Supply Chain Awards, specifically the Sourcing Excellence category. The, the event was held back in March with a great turnout. David, thanks for investing time. with. Yeah, thanks for having me. It'll be fun. Yeah, the, the submission was for the work that your team did, specifically introducing Eero Meat into the Arby's restaurants. Um, but David, before we discuss the project, tell me a bit more about RCOP. Yeah, RCOP is a supply chain cooperative for the Arby's system. So we handle anything and everything supply chain and logistics related for all company and franchise stores. For So for all 3,300 stores in the U.S., RCOP is not unusual <clears throat> to co-op structure for in, within our industry. Uh, there's many brands that have a co-op, such as Burger King and Subways and Wendy's and Applebee's and IHOP and KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. So there's <clears throat> there's a lot of co-ops out there in the industry. And RCOP is also celebrating last year our 40th anniversary, which makes us the oldest, as far as I'm aware, <laughs> makes us the oldest supply chain cooperative in the food service industry. So essentially, it sounds like the RCOP is the supply chain arm, if you will, of Arby's. Yeah, I mean, essentially, we're actually in the offices with Arby's corporate. We're a separate company, separate budget, all of those things. I, I pay Arby's uh, rent for the floor space we use. But inside the building, we're essentially just the supply chain department. So we're inter interacting every day with operations, of course, marketing, product development, QA. Um, so everybody just kind of thinks of us as, as the supply chain department. And there's probably a number of people in the building that don't even realize we're a separate company. Sure. So organizationally, Arby's headquarters is your customer and then the restaurants as well. Yeah, our membership consists of all 100 percent Arby's franchisees and the 1100 company restaurants. So Arby's has a third of the restaurants out there. So they're our largest member. Uh, our board makeup is structured such that it's six franchisees and one company representative, and that's who I report into is the, is the board of directors of RCOP. Yeah, it's interesting. I, is that is that a standard practice in the restaurant or food industry to have co-ops? Yeah, it really is. As I mentioned, all the brands uh, that I you know uh, just rattled off. Um, you know, I think of the top fifteen brands in sales. Nine of them have co-ops uh, in U.S. sales. Nine of them have co-ops. Uh, another three don't even have any franchisees, so they would have it would make no sense to have a co-op. And then there's uh, another three that have franchisees but don't have co-ops today. So it's it's if if it's a franchise system, it's very prevalent. And in with most of the brands, the co-ops have been around for a couple decades. And I guess from a David from a supply chain efficiency standpoint, you're you're bringing the value of consolidated purchasing, spend analysis, all yeah, that. Yeah, we really are. I mean, we, you know, we're uh, Arby's is now part of Inspire Brands, and we continue to garner the leverage uh, with uh, the other brands that are part of Inspire. So we're doing some joint RFPs. But the whole notion of, of the co-op is, is to utilize that leverage across all 3,300 restaurants and both from a, uh, a product standpoint as well as a distribution network and logistics as well. Now, on the supply chain side, are you you help with transportation and warehousing as well, or is it just the procurement? Mm -hmm. We have a distribution network uh, that is set up, an uh, independent food service distribution network uh, that delivers directly last mile into 
our restaurants. And so we're negotiating uh, that network. We're negotiating the product cost. And then we're also uh, negotiating the logistics and the cost of getting it not only from supplier to distributor, but again, that last mile from distributor to restaurant. So it's last mile in business to business as well as business to consumer. That seems to be what's on yep. everybody's mind, yep. getting the product to the customer. So David, let's shift gears and talk about the uh, the award. As I mentioned, it was for the Atlanta Supply Chain Awards in March uh, in recognition for sourcing excellence. Uh, can you tell me a bit about what the what the project was? And yeah, we had a we had a unique uh, project <clears throat> in the sense that um, uh, we've had uh, euros on our menu on and off over the years, but they've been a roast beef or turkey euro, and and it was an excellent product with the tzatziki sauce and the euro seasoning on it. But we didn't have a traditional uh, euro uh, meat um, as part of that lineup, and so a supplier who we've done business with in the past, but they approached us with a new technology a new machinery technology that, that they sourced out of Turkey, of all places. And essentially, the way euros work, if you're a euro shop, it does take equipment. You, you have a cone, you have a, a, a cooker. You know, we, we couldn't, you know, for a sandwich that, you know, for one of our 14 sandwiches, you know, we couldn't, couldn't spare uh, the space to put one of those in every single restaurant. So what he's essentially done, if you're familiar with euros in the cone, you know, it's, it's on a, a, uh, a turning spigot and uh, gets cooked at the restaurant right there in front of you. Essentially what the supplier has done is taken that concept and moved it to a, a giant piece of meat. And as it cooks, it automatically slices the meat off of the cone, the giant cone, at the appropriate time. So you get the, the proper cook and the caramelization on the meat. And then it just continues to turn and, and automatically slice at the appropriate time. Each one of these machines, you know, the challenge was each one of these machines is a, uh, the throughput isn't very fast. And so for a 30-day promotion, we actually spent about four months building up enough inventory to cover the 30-day promotion. Um, since then, they have, you know, gotten in more machines, but they have also uh, went from a horizontal process, or I'm sorry, from a vertical process to a horizontal process, which uh, made the through, throughput um, a little bit quicker. So the product is continues to be on our menu uh, full time now with our two other euros. So we're pumping out a lot of euro meat right, right now. So when you say horizontal versus vertical, that that's how the, the meat stands and how it's Yeah, shaped. Yeah, basically uh, the previous, the vertical was a, a giant tall uh, cone and the slicer went north and south up up alongside of it and the horizontal uh, takes the meat forms it into uh, strips and then goes through a process of a series of cookers slices off the bottom or the top layer and then you know goes through another cooker slices off a top layer so it's a more efficient process and it's something that that actually their engineers at Kronos um, develop themselves so, but euros are a true make-to-order scenario. I mean, you you don't you can't pre-shave, and just have it sitting there. You have to wait until the customer orders. Yeah, I mean, uh, for us, it, that's what makes this sandwich so great. Uh, if you go to a traditional euro shop and you and you get there at the at height of uh, the lunch hour, they're shaving a lot of euro meat, and perhaps the the meat doesn't quite get 
caramelized and and charred like it should and if you're there at three o'clock in the afternoon and that thing's been turning and cooking the whole time you might get some really charred uh, euro meat so the beauty of this is you're taking it to one manufacturing facility instead of 3400 manufacturing facilities out there and it's being shaved at the appropriate time so that the um, uh, the mouthfeel the the char the the caramelization that you want on a product like that comes through every time and then it comes in into us frozen and we just re-thermalize it and the consistency on the product is is exceptional well it's interesting david i know you're the president of the company but you sound like a euro expert well i did grow up in chicago and so i do know my euros and uh i was amazed when we uh first started taking a look at this this product um it was pretty exciting for me <laughs> so on this project david was it an internal idea created or how did the how did the concept come about yeah the concept uh it was a great story uh howard at at chronos approached our ceo and and uh, with a video and saying you know i know you guys are having success with euros but you don't have a real euro and and i've got an idea and i've got a new technology that'll bring you a great product and so we started sitting down with these guys and realized um you know how important it was um to be able to serve a great euro in a fast food environment without you know having to deal with the equipment and so uh we you know sat down and and figured out a partnership with first rider refusal and 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 committed to them um volumes that they could go out and purchase more equipment and it's been a great partnership ever since i mean we we came out of the gate and we promoted it twice in the first year uh th two 30-day promotions and then shortly after that it became a permanent menu item on the menu. So it's been a great success for yeah, us. Yeah, it sounds like it, and obviously a win for them as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It really um, has kick-started their, their business for sure. Well, it seems a lot, I like your word collaboration or partnerships, I, I think, I forget which one you said, but that, that seems to be what a lot of supply chains are today, especially as they're becoming more extended. And, well, and yeah. you know, partnering with your suppliers as opposed to looking at one-off contract yep. basis. Yep. We have a we have a philosophy at RCOP, and it's called uh, being a customer of choice. And uh, the theory is, you know, you can you can uh, wear a, a green visor and have a rubber mallet, and that might work an RFP or two. But eventually, nobody really wants to do business with you, and they'll go down the street and go do business with somebody else in the industry. And and so we want to be that customer of choice. We want to we want to treat our suppliers fairly. We want to have collaboration. Um, and if we do that, um, we're going to get the two or three or four best suppliers in each category wanting to do business with us. And if they're the best, they're going to be the most efficient and we're going to get good pricing anyway. And they're going to have the capabilities when, when things don't go exactly right that to be able to, and want to jump through hoops for us to make things right. And so, um, you know, the, and then when you get a project like this, it is, um, even that much more important to have that collaboration and I mean you, you couldn't have pulled off a project like this without without that kind of um, detail and, and and trust yeah it's an interesting you, you mentioned being the customer of choice so you're looking at it from your your suppliers perspective you want mm -hmm. them to be your favorite right absolutely yeah, that's nice. you know I mean it, 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 we want them to want to do business with us yeah. you know and, uh, and and that doesn't always mean you got to give them more money you know it, it, it can be ease of doing business with it can be you know it's just nice to work with people at that place you know i mean it can be a mm -hmm. lot of different things 
Um, it can be just having reasonableness and understanding and working through challenges. I mean, you know, that's what supply chain is, working through opportunities and challenges on a daily basis. And if you can work together instead of demanding, no, you need to do this, but, um, you know, collaborate and have a positive, strong relationship in the long run, you'll be that far ahead. Sure. And, and a, a true collaboration is sharing data. I'm curious, do you, does Kronos see how much you're selling every day by, through the stores or you don't get to that level of detail? Visibility-wise, they see everything that's being shipped out, you know, uh, so the to our distribution network. For promotion and as well as ongoing usage, we will give them forecasts, you know. And so mm -hmm. when we plan for a 30-day promotion, we'll say, you know, we need whatever, 1.8 million pounds, and, and this is how it's getting divided across our 14 distribution centers. And so we, we map all that out for our suppliers um, so it's very clear, and then we come up with a game plan. Um, you know, if, if the promotion gets off stronger, then, then we anticipate, um, you know, how quickly can we get back into production to support the back half of the promotion. Or if it doesn't go as strong as we forecasted, you know, because forecasts are always wrong. It's the degree of wrongness that is the challenge. And if, if they, um, you know, don't go as well as expected, you know, what we try to do is we try to make 80 to 90% up front. And then if it's if it's on par or greater uh, than our forecast, then we'll quickly run that last 10 percent. If if it's softer, then we won't run it. And sometimes it will absorb some raw materials as a result of that. But um, that's kind of how we manage our LTOs. We do uh, 10 or 11 LTOs every year, 30 day to 30 to 45 day promotions. So that's a big part of, of what our cop does on a daily basis. Thanks for listening. And remember, supply chain is boring.